video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast, your weekly dose of all things gaming. I'm Jess and I am joined by Pure Dead Craig. Howdy. And Andy. Hey Leo. Together we will bring you the latest news in the gaming industry, look ahead to the games drought this week, including Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as well as share the other games we have been playing, plus we review a movie each week too. Craig's favourite, Deep Blue Sea this week. My head is like a shark fin. Mm. Oh dear. <laughs> but first we start this week's episode slightly differently last week was actually a pretty big week in the pure dead gaming community firstly discord member tam welcomed a new child into the world and we want to send out a huge congratulations to him and his family and secondly pure dead playstation host donnie tied the knot to mark this occasion craig has secured two minutes of your time to deliver heartfelt best man's me- speech My dear, dear Donnie. People ask me what it means to be your best man. Well, obviously not a fucking lot because I didn't even get an invite to the wedding. I'd like to start by saying Jill looked incredible on her wedding day. I say looked because, you know, I wasn't there. Donnie, at least you tried. Our friendship began back on the 1st of January 2022 when you joined our newly formed Discord because you'd fuck all better to do on your birthday. We were still at the arse end of the pandemic, but come on to fuck. From there, Poker Donny showed a keen interest in forming a bond with me, one DM at a time. His end goal, obviously, was to wrestle control of the Pure Dead Gaming Empire, but first, he had to make his podcast debut. Many proposals were suggested, including a weekly section where he would review various chargers <laughs> and other peripherals. But then his big moment, alongside his liege, arrived during a review for Tiny Tina's Wonderland. However, the real tipping point was when he secured Dominic Diamond as a guest. Since then, he has gone on to make countless appearances culminating in his own Pure Dead PlayStation show. It has been said that they're as long as a standard playthrough of Diablo 4, but we all enjoy them immensely. Sometimes. It is often said that a man's worth is measured in the imprint he leaves behind, not the imprint of the deer that he mowed down at 60 mile an hour. Well, thanks to various altered selfies and toilet-choking discharges that he offers up freely, the dark web will never forget his name, lest we forget. But in all seriousness, Donnie, I wish you nothing but happiness for the future. You could have shit the bed, but instead you've pulled it out the bag and found yourself a partner for life. 
So if you could all raise a can of soup to the happy couple. To the happy couple. The happy couple. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, it's kind of hard to follow follow that up now with this week's show. Well, I've got some stuff. Why, Do weren't, you? why weren't you invited, do you think? I think he got lost in the post. No, what I think, right, obviously he looks up to me quite a bit. And I think it would have just been too nerve-wracking if I was there. Right. Uh, too much of a presence. Aye. You would detract from the bride. I'd, I'd overshadow the wedding. Yeah. That's... yeah. <laughs> and where was the wedding set? Earth. Where? Earth. <laughs> I don't know, I think it did, mate. What district in Earth? <laughs> uh, I believe up north. Up north. Up north yeah. where he resides. In the back arse of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get us started moving on. I had, I mean, and this has been a sort of common theme over the summer because that's when the lunatics come out. I've had various things going on in front of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because where my office is, it's a little bit elevated, but it's not quite on like the second floor. Like the window's elevated, so people I think just assume that it's like a a quiet area. <laughs> But it's yeah. not, you, you know what it is where, where the, the windows are. It's not a quiet area. People mm-hmm. walk by, mm-hmm. a lot of people. But uh, last week, I was sitting, it was late on. I was just finishing up. I was trying to just get my work finished. And there's, because the windows are quite big, I think at the top, there's a bit that's open that I can't shut. The, the windows are fucked, right? But basically, anytime anyone walks by, you can pretty much hear the entire conversations, right? It's really loud. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, there's these two women that are standing just below my window, and they're having a chat, and they sound old, like 60, 70, and all I can hear is this one woman going, no, honestly, honestly, you can do all this stuff now, total Ned, you can do all this stuff now, look at this, look at that, look at this picture here, you'd think that's my ass, but it's my tits, look at that, look at that, can you see that? Honestly, aye, and you can just send the pictures straight to them. You just send it straight to them. No. And I'm like, ah, what the fuck is going on? So I walk over to the window, and you can, I can't see it, and I can see the top of their head, that's it. And I'm like, these two sound old, man. This is not a conversation. I mean, it's not. It's a bizarre conversation to have in public anyway, but I'm like, this is not, they're not the age range for this conversation. Like, this is a 20-year-old's game, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then they walk away. They were easily in their 50s, easily. And I'm like, where are you sending these pictures? The two of you are hack it. I mean, sometimes, like, I don't know, you pick up a bit of a conversation and maybe the context, like, you've misunderstood what see, see, the honestly, conversation was. See, when but... I re- the time I realised what the conversation was, because I, I, I was just, like I said, I was just trying to finish up my work and I heard the word, because early in the conversation, one of them had said something about tits and I was like, must have heard that wrong and then said that again I was like so I walked over to the window to be like what are they talking about and that's when I heard them say that and at that point I went back to the uh, desk to get my phone I was like I'm going to fucking record the audio of this so you can hear it I'd have played it in the podcast (laughs) but they walked away too soon right so I thought that had been the worst thing that happened this week outside my work until today oh what happened right now you know where I parked my car right outside the door right Mm -hmm. just in front of that there's a phone box like an old bt phone box like a public phone so all of a sudden it does it work ah okay does it still it, work it still works i like they're legally obligated to provide them oh. um but nobody uses them no. i mean usually you find like i don't know 
half empty half bottles of vodka and stuff like that inside them. But so all of a sudden, all I can hear is as if it started raining, and I'm like, "Can it? Can it be raining? What the fuck's going on?" Because it was sunny, and so I look outside, and there's an old guy with his cock out, passion on the pavement. Not even against the wall. Nope. That's now, weird. granted, so what he'd done is, like, outside my work, it's a busy fucking street, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But what he's done is he's went behind the... Um, phone box. Behind the phone box. Which is not, that sounds like he's just been discreet. He's not. No. He's still, I mean, where he is behind the phone box, if anyone walks out the front door at my work or comes in the front door at my work, Aye. which they do often, they're looking directly at him. Yeah. Directly at him. And he's just standing there. Fuck it. He was facing my window as well. Like, the way of my window is you can't, like, even when I walk up to it, nobody can see you. Their windows are all fucked. And he's just pushing But away. I just look out and it was this old guy that's done up in a kilt and everything like that. And he's just, he must have been pushed or something. But... It was about the races. The races were on. Well, they well, it was maybe that, but he literally just stood there in the middle. Like he wasn't even like up against the phone box. He was just standing in the middle of the road. Well, not the middle of the road, the middle of the pavement, uh, taking a piss. You can get done for that, can you? You get put on the. You get put in a register for that. Uh, I know, and they don't even like. It's not even as if it's like you get put in a register and it's like, but it was only pushing outside. You just get put on the register. It's just a blanket <laughs> register uh, entry. Pretty much. <laughs> That's just a fucking dog them in. Because obviously you would say to folk if you went, I'm on the register, but, but it was just pushing outside. Like, aye, sure, pal. Mm-hmm. No worries. Mm-hmm. You didn't fiddle a kid. What happens when you get rid of all these phone boxes? Folk will need to find other places to push. <laughs> Feel Superman going to change? Exactly. I think, see, to be fair, I think they'll be there for still quite a while. Uh, it just doesn't see much point in them. I've never seen anybody walk into them anymore, you? I don't see folk get into them. No, I mean, that, like, literally that one at my work is right outside my window. And yeah. You're lucky if one or two people use it a week, when I'm there, anyway. How many people do you think, children aside, adults, don't have a mobile phone at this point? Mm, Almost I nobody. I know, I don't think anybody really. I think it's just a... It's now a necessity, it's really, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not a luxury. No way. It wasn't a luxury even when I was selling them. That's a long time ago. You can get necessity. them so cheaply now that yeah. it's got to the point yeah. now where it would be cheaper to have one than it would be to use a phone box. Yeah, perhaps. Because it's probably about fucking 30p a minute or something. I'm probably right, and then having to get cash. <laughs> Hang on, I don't know. Do you carry cash? No. Do you carry cash? No, not I don't often. carry cash either. Heather carries cash because she's fucking ancient, like an old soul. But there's banks in Australia that are just, like they don't have money. Mm. You know what I mean? They're like a cashless bank. It's like, mm. It just seems insane when you think about it. It's definitely the way we're going, though. Mm. I don't know. Very weird, though. They don't have the option. Back in my day. Back in my day, son. Big 50p's. Size of your head. Uh, I got lots of feedback about this. But see, I was talking about the charger last week about was that a mayor, the USB C port? Yes. So I didn't actually add it up, but it seemed like almost 50 50 the response. Like some folk were like, I didn't have any idea about that. And other folk like, aye, of course. <laughs> um, but I think overall I'm going to take the mayor because Couchy, he was the first one in and he said, I can't believe you don't know that. <laughs> 
so I was like, I'm, I'm just going to take it in the chin. To be fair, Callum then came in after him, who's also pretty tech savvy, and was like, yeah, I've never, I would never have thought to try that. So mm. I don't think it's a mega mare, but I'll take it. I'm just delighted it works. I can now carry about one charger all the time. It's fucking tremendous. Yeah, to be fair, I went to work today and I only took... It's great, isn't it? The one charger that I knew would charge all the things I needed to charge. Yeah. And I didn't even need to charge it. My battery lasted the whole day, fab. Tell you something, by the way, you want to see the damage on my phone? Like, I just, I don't know. I'm trying to, th- I need to have a look actually and see how, if I'm doing an upgrade or something. I can never remember, like, how long I've had my phone or whatever, but. Who are you with? Uh, fuck, I'm with EE. Text hmm. up to 150, I'll tell you. Uh, I don't deal in text messages. I still remember that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to work with folks and I still did remember that. the fucking stuff. I still remember my till sign on and everything. Do you? 9246X8. <laughs> That's nobody else, isn't it? <laughs> the 5 at the door. Um, aye, but I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's my phone starting to fail me or if it is just like a ridiculous amount of use. But like, it, just now at work, like the Wi Fi doesn't reach my office. And so I'm using my phone is a hotspot now granted that does obviously speed up the process but like i mean literally at 11 o'clock in the morning i'm down at 20 percent and Ouch. i take it off charge at like quarter past seven mm. now i do like i say i do have the hotspot on the whole time but it still shouldn't be that like i've charged this thing three times today and it's like because i can't have to charge it so much it's fucking roasting as well mm. and I, I don't think my service provider's overly happy at how much I'm hotspotting either because sometimes it just stops working. <laughs> I have to turn the phone off and back on to trick it. The fair use policy. They're like, why the fuck's this guy doing? Well, the thing is, I've definitely got enough data. And like, when I say I've got my hotspot on, it's not like I'm downloading stuff and things like that. I'm just using it for my work. So it's not too much data uh, that's getting sent, but I don't say, think they want to open all the time. Even though they say unlimited, it was even at my work, it was like, there will be a, a limit. fair use policy. Don't go over this, or they will like be like, "Listen, pal, come on, what are you doing?" Oh, I remember it well from getting charged. Yep. What was it? Two grand or something like that. <gasps> what? Ah, this is back. This is years ago. Um, there was a turned out there was a fair usage policy about. I think it was, it was BT broadband. I was doing back in like two thousand and six, and um, we were downloading hundreds of shit just <sighs> all the time, every fucking available film taunting like a madman mm-hmm. and uh, I got a letter they never said fuck all absolutely nothing and then got a letter through the door been like by the way you owe a thousand pound I'm like what and it turned out <laughs> when you went over a certain amount they charged you a pound per gigabyte over that you downloaded well it was me and me and Terry we downloaded the fucking shit out of everyone and um, we basically localised internet and um, <laughs> then about four days later I got another letter charging me another thousand pound and i'm like hold on a sec you've waited you've clearly waited like see if they'd let us know when we'd run up a 200 pound bill you'd be like Mm. fucking hell but they waited until it was at two grand (laughs) (laughs) had to fucking pay it as well (gasps) you'd paid it had to pay it aye holy shit i thought you were gonna i thought the end of that story was gonna be you phoned them when they sorted it no it was a sad ending sad ending to the story (laughs) 
it's a lesson learned. I love it. I love that you guys are like, fucking, oh, just download that. That'll be fine. Download yeah. that day. Oh, damn, am I going to watch that? Oh, it didn't matter. I'll download it. That's basically what, that's what, that's what, we, that's what was going on. Every every show we'd ever seen that we liked, we were downloading it onto a drive and stuff like that. It's fucking oh, horrendous. Man, see that? Do you know that absolute fucking kicker as well? Was that see at the end of the second letter? It was like it didn't say this exactly. It obviously, put it in a nicer way, but it basically said we realise this is a ball ache, but just to let you know, uh, we have now scrapped this policy, so it won't happen in the future. And I'm like, you fucking penises. <laughs> Doesn't it matter. I've downloaded everything now. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left what? to download. Did you say that where that period was from? Like, was it a month or was it like a long period of time? How can it wasn't just... that long a period, I don't think. How... It took three months. So you'd never went over your usage policy before? Well, you? I think it was just after we got it. It was just after I'd switched to BT broadband. Ah, right. Probably didn't read the fine print. <sighs> you don't read the fine print? <laughs> I get fucking, <laughs> I get fucking done. Wow. Absolutely done. Um, I know I like to bring this up often, right? But did you hear that they are doing? I think it's in September. They're doing a special four K screening of the classic nineteen ninety three. Mario film. Oh God, are we going to have to go to it? Where is it? Japan. Right, well, we're not going to Japan. Well, I was going to so suggest that's... a trip. <laughs> are you sure it's 93? Is it 93? That's for the 30th anniversary. Technically, I mean, it came out over here in July 9th. I bet it was July 9th. I think it was July 9th. Check that. Well, it was 93. July 9th? Uh, it just says 93. Nah. I'm sure I've got the date right. Uh, I'm surprised they never made us watch that a few weeks ago. I know. When it was July 9th. As the gaming movie. I'm just such a giver. That's all it is. But if you want to go to Japan. No. Did you not watch it yourself? Uh, I've I've watched it in the last couple of months, obviously. (laughs) Stupid question. Not on July 9th. It was too close to the uh, 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park 1, so I watched that. It's hard to watch two dinosaur films back to back, especially when one overshadows the other. Not, mm. not saying which. Well, but that's yeah. lovely to hear. That I'm glad they're doing that. That's I know. I nice want. Day. I want it in 4K. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that was an option. <laughs> Maybe it'll come, Craig. Maybe, Maybe. you get your wish. I'd even watch it in Japanese if I had. To. <laughs> I'm not right enough. Actually, if we go to Japan, will it be in English? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> Embrace other cultures, Jess. But Craig will be able to fucking race uh, his dictate can, it to us anyway. Like I did with Deep Blue Sea. Well, I said much that I will get into this obviously, but I was sitting watching it the other night and I was saying lines before we <laughs> came out and she's, and she's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Let's have a look at the biggest releases coming out in this coming week. I'll just run through them and we can chat about each game. So first up on August 15th, we have Moving Out 2. This is coming to pretty much all platforms and it obviously is a sequel to Moving Out and sees the introduction of online co-op, cross-play enabled gameplay to the series, allowing allowing FARTs. Farts around the world to team up and creatively move furniture from point A to point B. 
and beyond. Points where you can tell me what FART stands for. Hmm. I saw this on a website and I was like, that's weird that they've said... No, it's a press release that came out and it used the term FART and I was like, I wonder what that stands for and I never looked it up. Any guesses? Fan appreciation. There's no way we're, there's no way we're getting it. No. Furniture arrangement relocation technicians. Okay, no, I wouldn't go with that. I'm going to just say I wouldn't go with that. <laughs> I'm a bit annoyed with myself that I didn't. I mean, you should be. Yeah, we obviously played the, the original of this. And I think we spoke about it last week, actually. It's good fun. It's an, yeah, definitely. Um, we, should, we should download it and give us a go. Yes, we will, I'm sure. Um, we also have Green Hell VR coming out on the 15th. So this is an open world survival game set in the Amazon rainforest based on the successful PC title Green Hell, um, which first launched back in 2019. It eventually charted a course to PS4 in 2021. And obviously Green Hell VR is the PSVR 2 iteration where players can experience the literal nightmare of being lost in the Amazon rainforest. Uh, not for the faint-hearted, this one. You'll need to, quote, manage your hunger, thirst and fatigue as you struggle to stay alive in an unforgiving jungle environment. You'll do this by crafting, foraging, cowering in fear and occasionally losing your senses entirely due to malnutrition-induced hallucinations. And you can use maggots to heal your wounds, apparently. Lovely. I think this looks cool, but I'm a bit like... Oh, I'd be too scared. Probably. I'm concerned how much that would mess with your head if they're going to put you in a hallucination in VR. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. That sounds quite sickness that in hospitals, hospitals, By the way, the maggots thing. You used to you do like that in hospitals? Do they? For real? Mm. Yeah. Well, tell me when I was in the hospital, they actually sometimes they use that. It's supposed to be like quite effective, isn't it? To eat dead flesh or something like uh, that. Yeah, they eat all the dead flesh. You'd want to be asleep for that, wouldn't you? You'd be like, I'm not putting it under. I forget what the last was telling me about. Was that again something? I don't know what it was. Uh, but they used it for for that type of... Because it's like some some places you can't get to as easy. And like so you put those in and it gets to look harder to reach. Like, like maybe antibiotics kind of reach or something like that. Something weird. I thought it was fucked up. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. To be honest, no. But yeah. So it was a realistic game. Yeah. Um, we also have On Guard. Um, on Guard. Yeah, see, so when I was obviously looking at the games that were coming out this week, I was saying to Craig, I was like, there's a, there was a, a cat pirate game, and he always used to go, On Guard. And I was like, I can't remember what it's called, but then I figured it out it's Claw. Do you remember Claw? I don't. Claw? Mm-hmm. What was it on the SNES? Oh, I don't. I think I played it, played it on PC. Right. Um, but it was like a side scro- sc- scroller. You were like a cat pirate thing. It was quite fun. Um, but anyway, um, indie French studio Fireplace Games uh, have made On Guard. It's coming to PC via Steam on August 16th. It was one of NextFest's most prominent titles. Um, I think like 50,000 people played it in the sort of two-week... I was one of them. ...run, yeah. Um, it's an action-adventure game that invites players to step into the shoes of Adalia de Volador. Yep, a renowned swashbuckling hero and a whimsical rendition of 17th century Spain. Um, So you engage in daring escapades filled with charming wit and challenge the cruel Count Duke with an unmatched style. It was quite fun, to be fair. 
the combat wasn't as fluid as I would have liked. Felt a little bit not janky, but it just I don't know. Just a little bit I don't know, not as fluid as I would have liked. But it it was it was pretty good. It's only coming to PC just now, which is weird. There's no no shout about consoles yet. Mm. I'll obviously be holding out for some G's and trophies and stuff. Of course. Um is it is it quite I don't know, is there a bit of humour in it? It's not just It did seem like there was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I only played a wee bit of it, maybe half an hour or something like that. But um yeah, from what I played, it's I it seemed quite good. A year after launching, Vampire Survivors comes to Nintendo Switch. Perfect platform for the relentlessly playable Just One More Game roguelite. Full disclosure, no actual vampires are present in this game, but it is highly addictive. No vampires. No. (laughs) That is really fucking addictive. Is it not? I thought one of the characters was a vampire. Maybe, but not really. Aye, you're not hunting vampires. No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, it's really addictive. I can imagine on the Switch people getting totally fucking hooked on it. Mm-hmm. Castle still, I think he's got the full, he's got every gamer score for it and he still sits and plays it, like mm-hmm. sometimes for like a couple of hours a night. It is really good. Yeah, you don't have that completionist drive on the Switch though, do you? No. God, no. Because <laughs> Nintendo hate fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, earlier this month, Rockstar announced that Red Dead Redemption is coming to the Nintendo Switch and PS4 digital storefronts on August 17th. Digital versions of the title includes the campaign and Undead Nightmare expansion, in addition to all of the bonus content featured in the original Game of the Year edition for the Xbox 360 and PC. Um, I'm in... PS3. What did I say? PC. It's not on PC. I said PS3. You said PC. Thinks that it's just your ears. I said, I mean, PC, PS3, it sounds similar. Okay, I'm just because honestly, like, it's a massive bone of contention that this never came out on PC and folk are raging that the re release isn't coming to PC either. So I just don't want you to get confused. Right, understood. Yeah. Um, There will obviously be multiplayer omitted because that's no longer included in the game. Uh, A physical version is planned for October 13th, should you wish to wait for that. yeah, I think as we discussed when we reported on this news, the launch would have obviously been a prime opportunity to provide some graphical updates, given that it's 13 years old, but uh, it seems pretty much the same game that we got on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. So. Mm, that's disappointing. Interestingly, like the Xbox 360 version, if you run it on the Series X or S, it upscales. Mm. And so it'll be interesting to see if this release looks worse than... The, the game that already exists or if it does kind of fall up in line with it mm. hopefully hopefully it's all right yeah uh shadow gambit the curse crew comes to playstation 5 and xbox series xs and on P- pc on the 17th this is a stealth strategy game in which you'll guide your cursed pirate crew towards a legendary treasure while avoiding or doing away with the Inquisition. You'll be able to pause time to set up takedowns and other manoeuvres using the various supernatural abilities of your crewmates. The games, the team's previous games have been pretty good, I think, so if you're into this type of tactical adventure, I'm sure this will be a solid addition to the genre. This was also on Steam Next Fest, and I downloaded it because it looked really cool, mm-hmm. and I never got a chance to play it. Mm-hmm. But I heard good things. Um... It happens every summer. EA Sports' American football flagship arrives 
Madden NFL on the 18th of August, coming to PlayStation 5, Windows, PC, Xbox, Series X. And S. And S. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. No. <laughs> There's not much to say, Jess. Yeah. Another year of hand egg. Yeah, I think to be fair, like, the, I don't know, from things I read, like, the franchise has been kind of struggling a bit for a while with fans sort of saying that the yearly sports tie-in like is nothing more than sort of cash grab that doesn't really bring anything fresh or exciting to the it's table. Hard to so it's pretty much the esports. Yeah, it's hard to bring even like for all the games like that. It's Aye. hard to bring something fresh to it, really, isn't it? Like the game is the game. Mm-hmm. What else do you do apart from when they used to do with FIFA and have that stupid yearly thing where they went? Now you press L two and you can highlight a guy over there and, and like like stupid. I forget all the stupid ones, but. Those stupid, like, they feel, you feel as if they need to put some of that mm-hmm. in. This year it's Hyper like, Motion 5. <laughs> yeah, like, shit, I know. Like, but I thought that was more realistic. I'm up for it. Aye. But it was back in the day where it was, like, stuff like it wasn't realistic. It was more just, like, a gimmick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that way, like, first touch. I mean, first touch was a fucking big thing. Aye. And it's just a part of the game now. But back then it was, like, flick the, flick the, the analogue and they'll hit it in front of them. <laughs> Did they not do that anyway? Exactly. It was such a big thing. First touch. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And that's just indicative of them trying to make it seem worthwhile to buy it. Mm. And it's no. Mm. It's no really. It's a waste of money. Mm. Plus, you've got um, Legend Bowl, which just came out like two weeks ago. Or in fact, last week. Mm. And I know it's a retro style game, but everyone's loving it. Like, I've played a bit of it, it's really good. And so I'm not saying that people are just going to go and buy this instead of Madden. I realise Madden's huge. But there's quite a few people that have picked this up and went, that's me. That's Is me that getting my, a that's me simplified my fix. version of the game? Oh, right, it's almost like a like arcade. a it's like a 16-bit type version, but it's, right. it's really good gameplay. So sometimes that's just more fun, isn't it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Aye, there's a load they... of people that are like, I'm not buying Madden now. Yeah, I mean, I bet you I could pick up that and play it, and mm-hmm. I don't know when in the boot. American football aye but actually picking up Madden for me would be like it's just too, too involved I have tried it because it does seem like the production levels are amazing obviously it seems like a fucking good game but I just don't have any interest in American football and learning anything about it aye there's too much of a barrier to entry if you're not yeah. familiar with the sport and we also have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out on the 18th. This is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC. Um, so yeah, this may have been released nearly 50 years ago, but it's still regarded as one of the best and most iconic horror films of all time. The upcoming video game of the same name aims to recreate the feel of the film, but this time players are in control. It's an asymmetric multiplayer experience that unlike other similar games such as Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th pits not one but three killers against four survivors yeah I've seen this I had uh, said earlier that I'd be talking about this game tonight and giving my opinions on the game (laughs) not true because I tried and I could not get a game Mm -hmm. so what do you mean there's no players aye the, the disadvantage of getting a code uh, early we, for we a got, game. We got an early code. The game comes out on Friday <laughs> and it's coming to Game Pass. So I think it'll have a good a good install base then and you can mm-hmm. play I think you can play cross platform. So certainly at first you should have no issue getting a game once it's out. But I tried for about half an hour earlier 
and I kept getting six, but you need seven people to be able to play a game. Oof. So it's three killers, four victims. And I kept getting to six. And then a seventh player just wouldn't join. Now, obviously, there's a very limited amount of people that have it just now. And so I get it. Mm. But it's a bit annoying that they didn't think ahead to, like, have... Like, why can't they have an AI character just fill in? I just have a bot fill in. Like, I mean, I'm one of these people that would quite happily play a game with just full of bots. Because I can't be fucked with people. I don't care if the AI is a bit dumb. Like and you, it'd be cool for leveling up and stuff like that. Yeah. But so is that like a Friday the Thirteenth game kind of vibe? Aye, a little bit. Aye, although mm. early reviews are saying it's really good as far as this sort of genre goes. It's right up there. Like it's yeah. worth it's worth a look. It's, it's certainly on Game Pass. Download it. But um, but yes, I just when you go into a game, you go into the matchmaking. There's a five minute timer, and you've got to get seven people within five minutes. And so five times I got to six people and then the timer ran out and it just came up saying not enough people and kicked you back to the main menu. Yeah, yeah. I suppose maybe your time of day choice and trying to get a game maybe, yeah, you know, know what I mean, in terms of the people who do have it currently. Look, like, I'm not putting that, I'm not no, putting you... that as a negative against the game. It's not fucking out yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I will see what happens on Friday. It looks good. I do want to play it, but um, I don't think that's a no joy yet. film though. No. I've seen it. I don't think it's it's more. I wouldn't say that's a horror. It's more like a chiller. Remember the, how they used to class things as chillers because it more get more makes you feel like oh, because it is kind of like real life almost. Mm. It's just like fucking country folk being mental. But I don't think it's that scary. Really. Yeah. I me and Heller watched The Conjuring Two last night. That was fucking scary. I can imagine. I didn't like that, and I was staying at hers. And obviously her place is an old farmhouse. Oh, so soon I had hell. to go to I know. Soon, <laughs> soon I had to go to the toilet afterwards. I actually considered I'm thirty eight years old. I actually considered holding it in. I thought you were gonna say ask her to come to the toilet with you and stand <laughs> outside stand, stand outside yeah, the door. I for a joke, but I was like half joking. I was like if she actually offers it, I'm taking it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> fucking child. See when you come down the stairs, because there's nothing about it, and all the lights and stuff, it's not as if like, you can kind of see, it's literally pitch black, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Aye, that's... So it was like, kind of scary. Aye. You know what I mean? Mm. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to watch quite a lot of horror films, and I just don't watch them really at all um, anymore. You know, I'm, I used to be a big pansy with horror films, we really did, but I started finding a new appreciation for them. Mm. Um like, I don't mind being scared now, but I used to be like, no fucking chance am I watching a horror film. I was outside of the Scream films, I don't think I've seen a horror film in about 10 years. Man, I wouldn't even call those horror, really. No, they're more like no. thrillers. Aye. Or a chiller. <laughs> <laughs> and finally this week, we have Bomb Rush Cyber Funk coming out on the 18th, coming to Switch and PC. It will launch later for PlayStation and Xbox on September 1st. Um, so this pays homage and then some to Sega's beloved Dreamcast classic Jet Set Radio, sporting an immediately familiar cel-shaded aesthetic as players skate, skateboard and cycle through the fut- futuristic streets of New Amsterdam, dodging, dodging militarised police, spraying graffiti and facing off against other crews. It's basically a straight rip of um, Jet Set Radio. It looks really cool. I had a look today. I was surprised there wasn't reviews out yet. Um, 
they'll obviously come probably by the time this podcast comes up. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's releasing two weeks later on PlayStation and Xbox. Switch got the, the jump on it. But it looks really cool. I think it'll be good. Okay, and that's your lot this week. Decent week. Yes. Um, we're turning now to Question Corner. Flying Tackle wrote in and said, I didn't see anything in the preview about Gamescom predictions. Do the team have anything they want or expect to see? So yeah, if you're not aware, Gamescom is a convention held annually in Cologne, Germany. Sort of trade fair focusing on video games with technology hardware manufacturers also participating in the event. Um, It's quite media focused with creators and businesses all heading there but it's one of the kind of rare events that is open to the public as well so you can buy tickets and you can go and play some of the new games meet developers and publishers behind them um community events and all that sort of thing as well so it's taking place this year from august 23rd until august 27th um in terms of predictions though and what we might expect jeff Keeley spoke to vgc about his opening night live show and has kind of said that like viewers should expect mostly updates on announced games rather than like new stuff. Um, he's, there's a quote here, he says, it's going to be an exciting show with new looks at many announced upcoming titles like Alan Wake 2 and Black Myth Wukong. Um, he said this year's opening night live is less about announcing brand new projects and more about giving fans updates on some of the biggest games due out over the next year. When Jeff Keighley's trying to play down something... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you might want to start tempering your expectations. He's usually fucking doing handstands on the hype train. Mm. Yeah. Maybe he had some info about the bond game would be good. That would be fucking good, aye. Mm. In fact, where that might be a decent shout actually, because that's kinda in IO Interactive sort of backyard. So they they maybe would. There's talk as well that we might get a release date for Stalker 2. Like yeah. that was supposed to almost be like a launch, not not a launch title for the Xbox, but launch window, and because of the conflict in Ukraine, like that's been put in the back burner, and no mm. one knows when it's coming. But yeah, so the Xbox obviously I have said they're going to be going to be there, and um, with the biggest booth ever, they've said. Um, and they, they well, have the games at it was the booth just huge. Well, I don't know. So, so they have like fucking massive X. They have said Stalker Two will be there in some capacity. Overkill Software and Starbreeze Studios PD Three is going to be there. Don't Nods uh, recently announced just Sont is going to be there. Armored Ooh. Core. Uh, we don't have a release date for that yet, do we? Jusson. No, I don't think so. Um, CG Project Red, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, um, Spotlight by Quantic Dreams Under the Waves, and Sega Atlas's Persona 5, Tactica, and many more, it says as well. There's the ARA History Untold. Um, I think it's a turn based thing. Uh, yeah. Um, you lost me turn based. Yeah, there's some sort of presentation on that. Um, there's going to be a Starfield presentation, but the game will not be playable, so there's not going to be a demo of that, which, I don't know, given that it's, you know, just over a week shy of when it's releasing, I thought that was quite an- interesting. Like, why wouldn't they show a demo? But then I suppose it's quite a big game to... I don't know, what part of it do you show to... I don't know, it's, showcase it? It's hard to know what's going on with Starfield. Mm-hmm. Like, on one hand... If you put a, a gun to my head, I would say there's no issue. 
Because see Bethesda, they just do whatever the fuck they want. Like they know the game's going to be massive. They know they don't even need to sell it to people because it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're under absolutely no obligation to do fuck all or to show anybody fuck all. And so I don't think it's necessarily cause for concern, but it is just a little bit. I don't know. There's just been a bit of weirdness lately. Like you usually hear when games go gold, there's been nothing said. Right, we're less than three weeks. Mm-hmm. from launch from the early access launch now nothing about it going gold it probably has and they just haven't said yeah. but the fact that they haven't said anything and then like there was a whole thing on Twitter yesterday where some Muppet um, I think they were just trying to act the big one um, clearly didn't overly have a clue what they were talking about they're like a small review site I suppose similar to ourselves but um, they had said they'd put out a tweet saying that uh no codes were going out early for Starfield. And straight away, people were like, you're talking, like, and, and actual people in the gaming industry were like replying to it going, you're talking pish. Mm. Aye, they are. And he was like, no, no, I've been told. I've been told they're not. And then he had, then Bethesda got in touch with him and were like, can you fucking stop spreading misinformation? <laughs> <laughs> and, they had, and they had to like, uh, put a thing down i think they were on a website for content creators yeah. and so they've been told that content creators wouldn't get a code until mm. the day mm-hmm. which makes sense yeah. but reviewers will yeah although I, to be fair i don't think codes are out yet and i would have expected them to be reviewers will need to get codes well in advance surely to give it a fucking decent well you would goal. think so i but it's I, I know certainly as of this recording the codes haven't or certainly most codes haven't went out no yet but I get the impression they've been a lot more careful with Starfield. Mm. Like, I don't know. I mean, this, I don't know. It's such a big release. It's a, it's a big, I don't know, yeah. a big moment for them because this is what it's, they've uh, kind of sold a lot of Xbox fans on for a, a long, a long time. time so. uh, and there genuinely is, like, I mean, I wouldn't break embargo, but there genuinely is, like, a lot of people that would, like, they could get a lot of attention by breaking embargo. Yeah, that's true. So, and what are the consequences of breaking embargo? Just, you'll not get codes in the future, but some folk would see that as like, well, if I've got the first video footage of Starfield, then I don't care. Then, like, mm. Do you know what I mean? Some folk would. I know, but there's no any other consequences. I mean, they could take you to court or whatever, because you have technically signed an, a document yeah. saying you wouldn't do it, but I don't think they would. They would you certainly wouldn't be getting... I mean, your word would get around and you wouldn't get codes for anything yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I certainly wouldn't do it. You'd be I'd, shamed, that's the be, consequence. Mm, they wouldn't be angry, <laughs> they would just be disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, I get the impression that, like, I don't know, that Bethesda would, certainly with ourselves, would be like, right, we gave you these games, but this game's in a wee bit of a higher pedestal, mm-hmm. and you're not there. Yeah, yeah. Which we'd take. How <laughs> fucking dare <laughs> We'll see, though, I don't know. I say that, and maybe we'll get a coin tomorrow. I don't, I don't know. know. Right back up there on the pedestal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, we know that PlayStation are not going to be there. Do you think we'll see a state of play fairly soon? Because they, they did do one last year post Gamescom. And we've got Spider-Man looming. So I would exp- I'm would i sort of thinking September there'll be like a sort of Spider-Man showcase. Could be. I don't really want to see more of Spider-Man. I don't know. I think well, sure some enough. people do, Craig. I know. If they were going to do something, I would say do... I mean, personally, I would do a PSX in December and bring mm. that back because mm. the folk would go nuts yeah, for that. Yeah, we discussed that before, but didn't we? But I could see them doing something like November or something. After they had that not great showcase a couple mm. of months ago, like people were bending over backwards to say, oh, that was just a... That was the fake showcase. The yeah. real showcase. 
is coming later this year. Yeah. And hopefully that's true. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo, they haven't attended Gamescom since 2019, but they will be there this year. Um, we've got Super Mario RPG, Super Mario Wonder, Detective Pikachu Returns sort of all in the, in the works. So I sort of predict we might see some of that. Yeah. Nintendo often don't have anything to show because, you mm. know, the Switch. Mm-hmm. But... Um, <laughs> Will we see the Switch too? <laughs> Super Switch. Oh, so it's... Yeah. Caught by its given name. What I've seen that. Um, I, I imagine we'll see Super Mario Wonder. It's a wondrous time. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be decent. I think the opening mm-hmm. live show will be pretty good. I could see updates on Call of Duty. I think we'll see Stalker. And you'll get like... I think it'll be all right. I think it's just... It's going to be... I think you'll get dates. Like... I think you'll get dates for stuff. You might get a date for Jusson because mm-hmm. they said that was coming later this year. Like I don't know. I feel like if you are still coming out this year, then you need to, you need to fucking say something. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon. And also, I've got a feeling they've said that Alan Wake's going to be shown. Mm-hmm. I think that's getting delayed. Just what makes you f- say that? I've just got a feeling. It's not sitting in a great time, like a great release slot. It's like about eight days before it's eight about eight days after Assassin's Creed Mirage and it's about four days before Spider Man hmm. and Mario. Yeah, and I don't fuck know. If, made money, yeah. I, I just feel it looks fucking brilliant, but I, if I was them five or five games I'd be looking at it and going I don't know, we might be the victim of people spending their money elsewhere. Like yeah. I would I'd delay it until like November or something. Mm-hmm. Just a, just, just a hunch, I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't be the fact that people are like disinterested, it's just that you can only buy so many things. Exactly, aye. And I mean, I'm looking at it and going, I really want to play it, but I'm not starting until I'm finished Mirage, and I don't know if I'll be finished Mirage by the time that comes out. Yeah, yeah there is that. Um, so yeah, thanks Flying Tackle, that's our predictions. <laughs> don't actually know if we predicted anything, but... <laughs> No. That we didn't already know. Alan Wake's delayed. There you go. Heard it here first. World exclusive. <laughs> Bond. Um, okay, moving on. So, Gaudi has written in with regards to Get in the Bin, everyone's previous favourite feature, um, said, and said, can we bring this back for this cycling push that has shut all the fucking roads in the city centre? For fucking cyclists, he said. So, yeah, Glasgow had a big cycling event on for like a week and a half and navigating Glasgow <laughs> city centre proved difficult. I did experience a little bit myself. Um, That's fair. I'm always up for putting cyclists in the van. Um, <laughs> except Ewan. Ewan uh, made a stand on the Discord because he's a cyclist. And Ewan's all right. Um, but an all right cyclist is a rare breed. Um would I be considered a cyclist for stationary cycling? No. Because no, no. okay. I, I mean, I'd cycle... An I, exercise bike doesn't count, I, no. Yeah, but it's a spin bike, so it's... Spinning? No, it doesn't uh, count. Pop. Right. You just spin right around. <laughs> Sometimes I go out on an actual bike. You do. Not this during, year, but During still. those occasions, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. The f- I, look, I'm all for it. See, Gaudi, he's the man. He can do whatever he wants. He's the games master. That's right. Let's not forget that, right? But the fucking balls in this wee guy. He said he's driving license for about three days. 
<laughs> these fucking Benin cyclists. Yeah. <laughs> Passed his testament two weeks ago. That's a cyclist in the bin. Mm. I tell you what, Gaudi, some of us have been put up with cyclists for fucking 15 years, yeah. right? you got to give them two metres when you're passing them as well. Give them two, fing- give them two fingers. Like right up the hole. I don't do that, fuck. <laughs> I'm getting trouble. And aims for them. Little <laughs> <laughs> oh, windmills hitting their asses. Yeah. I, I was raging today. Put a set of antlers on it and Donnie will nail it. You know, sometimes we're like, a driver overtakes you and you're like, fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I feel like the person I overtook probably thought that to me because I was, he was going at, like on a 60 country road at like 30 oh, real, and breaking to 20 round bends. And I'm like, come yeah, on to fuck. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not a dangerous road. Like it's, you can see around the corner. <laughs> so as soon as the street hit, I fucking floored it. And I'm like, I'm out here. And then literally just around the corner I got fucking stuck behind a tractor and he oh, caught up to me that, and I was I like that. oh no see when I get that if Alex someday does overtake me in the country roads and I'm like and it was a bit dodgy it was like a stupid thing there was maybe like a close call or yeah. something and I love when I fucking catch up to my wave <laughs> you know, I, was, was it worth it was I'm it like, yeah, no. yeah. Well, that's, I was thinking that guy probably thought of that about me because I yeah I'm back I'm back yeah. behind you yeah You've not achieved anything. No. <laughs> Nothing. Pointless. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. But yes, cyclists, get in the fucking bin. Okay. Okay. Um, what we've played this week, guys, I have nothing new really to report other than my continued exploits of Zelda and Disney Dream Life Valley. <laughs> How is your GTA journey going? Good. Yeah. Does it hold? I think it holds up oh, perfectly fine. Holds up. Oh, it I feels like a game that could be released today. It really does. It's crazy. That although it's to be fair, aye. Although to be fair, the version you'll be playing is the version that came out last year. So aye, aye it will be sixty FPS and stuff. But still, aye, that's fucking, fucking amazing. It came up game. on your like stats or something the other day, Andy. Actually, um, it told me like how many. Um, Wait a minute, like how many times you've been caught by the police or something? Um, In real life or the oh game no, or stars, what? Stars attained so far, 23. <laughs> and you've stole 17 cars. Oh, yeah. that's not that many. Yeah. Why can't you just buy oh, a car? I'm a criminal. Yeah. Well, you've GTA got, standards, are You've got 1.5 mil in the bank, so, you know. Not too shabby. <laughs> um, Middle's real life. I don't know about you, but who did you play most as, do you think? Do you remember? Michael, you I think. I didn't like... Did I hated Trevor. Well, not hated, <gasps> but I didn't like Trevor. I fucking love Trevor. Mm. I love Trevor, but I played mostly with Franklin. Do you know, I read... and it's probably... Because because of my love for San Andreas. <laughs> He's the <laughs> San Andreas character. Yeah. No, well, that's the thing I read. I read that the whole point of it was the three people were to represent the different people that play GTA. Mm. I'm sure I read this in the past, but I just read it again, so it's coming up. Um, and obviously, Michael is to represent the person that likes to have all the money and kind of like play, like who's completed the game and has all the money and like to kind of play that way. And uh, Franklin is to represent the kind of person who like kind of works like the from the up. ground up. And then obviously, Trevor's to represent the person who just goes batshit crazy and fucking gets all the guns out and goes just destroying everything. And I thought that was really interesting, actually, mm-hmm. that they've they've done that and done it in a cool, disguised kind of way, actually. Yeah. Maybe um, that's why I don't like him because I, I like to stick to the books, you know what I mean? I don't. 
So I'm, not, I don't I'm not reckless. Bit, I, I, I don't really go about <laughs> killing everybody. Um, but it's just, I just like, he's a funny character, though, just the way he goes on. I'd, I'd love to get the time to play through it again. It's such a brilliant game. Aye, but I've seen, I don't know, I've seen some clips of the new Grand Theft Auto and it's cut between different characters again. Oh, I think it will be, aye. Yeah, so I think that would be a stupid thing not to do. Yeah. Do you want to see if you were like, come up with that whole mechanic and no use it again ah, they need to keep going with it it was, mm-hmm. it was great and the way it just yeah. went between like I say I, I, my love for San Andreas meant I went Franklin most of the time but like I always saw it uh, identified like Franklin with San Andreas Michael with Vice City he reminded me of Tommy Versetti yeah. and then Trevor not so much any of the game, like any of the games but what the reason why I didn't go Trevor that much was because I used to love when you were doing the character switching, like, see if I needed, if I was Michael and I needed to switch to Franklin for a mission or something, I would always do it via switching to Trevor. Just to see what he was up to. To see what he was up to. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like, see, if you went Trevor as much as you could, you missed out on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. where, like, literally, like, sometimes you would, you would be, you'd be Michael and you'd switch to Trevor and he would just be wandering across the street with, like, one shoe on and his pants, <laughs> pished, screaming at folk. <laughs> and then other times you would do it and he'd be like in his trailer like having sex and, yeah, like it was, and it's the type of stuff that you only got if you went away from him yeah, and every yeah. almost every time you went back to him he was doing something else utterly mental and it was so cool so much what a game man what a game man. So you almost want to do every mission twice because there's different audio every, like seeing you do a mission and they're talking on the way there and stuff yeah and there's always two different versions of that you know that hmm when you do it, so if you do the mission, you get to where you're going, you fuck it up, you have to retry it. They'll talk differently, they'll do a different dialogue mm. the next time, but like ah. only twice. But just to mix it up a bit, and it's just like they went to that effort, you know. I mean, of maybe like you fucked up the mission instead yeah. of hearing the same shit again, you they would think, ah, a wee bit different. You would, they would think, like, obviously, by the second time, you'll probably pass it, mm-hmm. and then you get a different experience almost. Do you know what I mean? It's just the amount of effort they went into. It's fucking insane. Ah, it really is. And just think the amount of effort that's going to go into the next one. <laughs> I know. It's can't be so fucking it's good. It's going to It's going to eat eat your life up. Much more effort than into the Red Dead port anyway. Mm. Yeah, aye, it's going to be class. Right, so <laughs> I've put a stupid amount of hours over the last week into solitaire. Wow. Okay. So this care to explain. So this started where on the PlayStation I had a bunch of shitty platinum sitting, and they were still installed because when you're deleting stuff to make room, there's no point in deleting them because they're so small. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I should just wipe a few of these out. So one of them was Pretty Girls Klondike Solitaire, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Now, long-term fans of the podcast will be aware of the Pretty Girls series. Oh, I see it on the screen, actually. Uh, When you start it up, it comes up telling you that the girls are both fictional and 18. And over 18, yeah. And over 18, yeah. We've been there before. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it does seem that they've perhaps been told to rein it in because in the previous games I played, I think I showed you that, and it was like micro bikinis Mm -hmm. with like visible nippleage, right? (laughs) And anime. Yes. Right. Right. But now... Like, don't get me wrong, as you complete a game of solitaire, clothes that do, are removed, but they end up in, like, shorts and t-shirt rather than, like, small bikinis or underwear. Okay. So they've obviously been told to rein it in. But I was there for the platinum, not the girls. 
Honest. Good. Um, and so I got the platinum, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That was really fucking fun. I enjoyed that. I really enjoy a game of solitaire. Right? I've not played solitaire properly in about twenty years. Right? It's when you say of- properly, do you mean with an actual pack of cards or digitally? Digitally, I'm not a fucking psychopath. <laughs> an actual set of cards. Can you imagine how long that would take? <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Not even in the 90s. <laughs> Jesus, man. What a statement. Um, but yeah, it's one of these things where, I don't know, like if you said to me two weeks ago, oh, I saw it, I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's so fucking addictive, though. It really is. So after I got this platinum, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I really want to play more solitaire. And then I was remembering that friend of the show, Alex, from Cross Button VR, Cross Players, he quite likes a game of solitaire on his laptop or on the PC. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sure he said you can get gamer score for it. So I did a wee bit of investigating. Mm-hmm. Microsoft Solitaire Collection. Right? Okay. If you log in, you can get gamer score. You can also get Microsoft reward points. Oh, you've peaked my interest now. 35 of them a day for playing a PC game. And there's. Uh, Challenge. Right, but I don't have Game Pass. There's so challenges as well. Them, you get in the boys. Yeah. Um, and there's challenges as well. So I'd been playing it a wee bit on the on the laptop, but for some reason the app stopped working. Well, I only found out today that there's a fucking mobile app. <laughs> Game over. I think I spent. Is, how how does that? I mean, so do you play do you play what, landscape on your mobile phone? No, it actually works really well. Uh, and portrait mode portrait mode okay. and it works really well do not install it Andy's looking at me like I've got fucking four sets of tits and three asses, right do not install this you're probably going to have to inst- uninstall it off my phone because <laughs> it's game over man I think I spent three hours on it today I'm a level 16 <laughs> <laughs> oh dear okay so it's it's really good but it's a fucking disaster because I can't stop playing Equal parts, highest recommendation, and also avoid like the fucking plague. Okay. Because it's really, really good. Uh, I've got down here Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but obviously I couldn't get a game. Uh, WrestleQuest I've been playing more of. I'm now 24 hours in, so I don't think I've got too long to go. So is this out yet? It got delayed? Yeah, so when we spoke about it last week, it was supposed to come out the next day. Then at five o'clock in the morning, they delayed it. Yep. So they delayed it like an hour before it was supposed to come out and it's now coming out on the 22nd of August because one of the platforms has a bug that's deleting your save file. That's deleting your save file? That yeah. is quite an issue. So when I heard that, I was quite concerned. Uh-huh. But it turns out it's the Switch, obviously. On the Switch version, it's doing that? Aye. I mean, it's obviously a Switch problem. Okay. Uh, so I'm fine on Xbox, thankfully. Uh, I can continue to play. Really enjoying it. It's really good. There's so many... Like, see if you're an old-school wrestling fan. Like, it's just absolute joy. Like, it really is. There's so many little nods to the past and so many, like... It's, it's just really cool. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend that when it does come out next week. Um, so yeah, hopefully by next week's podcast I should have finished it. I think 15 hours max, I think, and I can try and get that in over the next week. Um, continuing on with Remnant 2, I'm now over 30 hours into that. Uh, apparently it's a 15 hour long game. Um, so I'm, you're doing really well then. <laughs> yeah, so Ben from Grumpy Gamers, I was talking to him, and he was like, I, well, I mean, at least Remnant 2 is quite short, it's only like 15 hours. 
I'm two bosses in, and I'm at <laughs> 32 hours. I'm so bad at it, but it's so good. I love it. I'm just going to keep going. Like it's going to, it's going to derail me from other stuff, but I can't stop playing it. It's like solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very comparable games. There. <laughs> it's like solitaire with guns. <laughs> it's really good. Um, in fact, I'm thinking of sacking off the rest of this podcast just so I can get back on it. It's it's really good. I highly, highly recommend Remnant Two. There's, I, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't in my top ten at the end of the year. I think I asked you this before, but do you need Remnant One? No, no knowledge no. or experience? No, no. I mean, I say no. I'm 32 hours into a 15 hour game, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe with that prior knowledge, I would be alright. But I don't. There's so many secrets and stuff. It's it's mad, absolutely mad. It's a brilliant, brilliant game though. Um, and the other thing I said last week that I would play Robotherapy. Mm-hmm. We get sent a code for this. Um, it's really cool. It's just a short game on PC. I completed it today. Um, it's like a, it's almost like a visual novel style, but it's funny. It's about you're a robot who's a therapist, and he is utterly shit, but he thinks he's the fucking best in the world, and he just does not fucking get it. Um, there's so much humor that just like is based on things just going over his head, and him being like, "Am I maybe not? No, I'm. I'm brilliant at this. I'm doing really well." Um, there's like there's not much gameplay to it. There is bits when you have to like do a few little mini games, like weave in and out of this sort of traffic when you're in a dream. But for the most part, it is a text sort of okay. like it, sort of yeah. It's a lot of reading, but it's really well written and it's really funny. And I would I would definitely recommend it. It's only on PC just now. I hope it comes to console because I will definitely get those achievements and trophies. But um. For now, I highly recommend it. I see it's getting good reviews as well, so I would I would recommend that. And that's it. That's it. I was going to play a little bit of Baldur's Gate three, but I didn't get a chance. No, too busy with solitaire. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, to be fair, the, the majority of solitaire was done at work, and I can't get access to the PC at work. So, but yeah, Baldur's Gate three is officially now the highest rated PC game ever. And something like the highest, like the third highest rated game ever, or something like that on Open Critic, I think. So it's it's absolutely mud on it. Aye, Baldur's Gate three. I don't think it's my type of game at all, but I have downloaded it, and I'll, what I'm planning to do is just like play an hour or two of it, so that I can report back on how the game feels to somebody who doesn't like that type of game. I think it'd be quite a cool feature. So hopefully do that next week. I'll, I'll put an hour or two in and see what I think. I, I can't imagine it's something I'm going to stick with. Though. I, I've no intention of like playing through it properly. Or anything like that. There's, there's too much other stuff I want to play. Mm. But um, but yeah, I just want to sort of report back and see if it's something that maybe other people like myself that wouldn't normally try it out should. Yes, okay. Thank you very much. Time for the news. News, news. Always believe in the news. We are bringing you the news with your digging team. Always believe in. Okay, first up, we touched on this a little bit already, but Ubisoft has changed the release date of Assassin's Creed Mirage, which will now arrive on Thursday, the 5th of October. That's a week sooner than its previous launch date, which was set for the 12th of October. 
The move means Mirage will now have more of a gap between its October launch and some of the many other games due in the same month. Lords of the Fallen, Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Wonder. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised actually if it's gone gold already that they haven't moved it forward even more. I mean, what kind of late September is... Mortal Kombat and Lies of P, so again... Cyberpunk as well. Yeah, so. Yeah, maybe it is. It's just a, it is the right time. I was thinking of maybe could you get further away from Spider-Man, but then, mm. then, yeah, then you're hitting Cyberpunk. That's no good time, to be fair. See, that whole... I'm going to have to... We're about to get into the thick of it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's picking deci- out what am I going to play. Difficult it? decisions are going to have yeah. to be made. Yeah. Thankfully, Alan Wake 2 is getting delayed. <laughs> You've decided... Um, Nobody fucking report that, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's nice to see that moving forward uh, rather than a delay. Yeah, I'd like, be it's... fucking devastated if it got delayed. I'm really mm. looking forward to this. It's yeah. old school Assassin's Creed. It's back. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Um, a new South Park game has been formally announced, complete with a teaser trailer. South Park Snow Day is described as follows. Join Cartman, Stan, Kyle and Kenny in three-dimensional glory to celebrate the most magical day in any young child's life, a snow day, the reads the press release. Grab up to three friends and battle your way through the snow-piled streets of South Park on a quest to save the world and enjoy a day without school. Visibly annoyed by this. Why? It looks utterly shit. Aye. It's... Do you know what it... Like, see if you watch this trailer, right? Instantly, you will get vibes of that N sixty four game. Oh, I stick. Uh, I, I think it was just called South Park, but you were oh, just running about in first person throwing snowballs. Like, I don't think it's yeah, gonna be. Yeah, I remember I, that. And then you pee on them as well. Uh, you were, <laughs> don't be wrong. It was funny for five minutes, but it wasn't a good game. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is first person, but I just I don't know. The last two South Park games were so good. Yeah, they were. And. I was reading a couple of news reports about this and people were like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this after the last two games. We sort of knew this was coming. When South Park got renewed, like, it got renewed for, like, five seasons. It was when they announced it. We had reported it, like, I think it was last mm. year, that they they agreed, like, five seasons and they would do two specials a year as well. And uh, they also said, I think it was three games were in development. It was either two or three. But they, at that time, said that one of them was a 3D game. Mm. So we sort of knew this was coming, but... I mean, to go from those two brilliant games that were written by, like, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, like, to actually have the proper human in it to a fucking four-player co-op snowball fight where the game's title's got a fucking exclamation mark in it. I mean... I don't... Wait and see. You don't... It's upsetting. It'll be shit. (laughs) It will be fucking shit. It's got uh, that Crash Bandicoot rumble vibes all over it disappointed but yeah hopefully there's another one coming that's better okay rockstar games has announced that it has acquired cfx.re the group behind some of gta 5 and red dead redemption 2's most popular modding tools quote reads here today we are proud to announce that cfx.re the team behind the biggest rockstar roleplay and creator communities 5M and Red M are now officially part of Rockstar Games. 
Over the past few years, we've watched with excitement as Rockstar's creative community have found new ways to expand the possibilities of Grand Theft Auto V and Red Dead Redemption 2, particularly through the creation of dedicated roleplay servers. As a way to further support these efforts, we recently expanded our policy on mods to officially include those made by the roleplay creative community. By partnering with the CFX.re team, we will help them find new ways to support this incredible community and improve the services they provide to their developers and players. Sounds like they want to make this like a big part of maybe like the next Grand Theft Auto or something. I've never dabbled in any of this stuff, but I know that it is quite big. Like there is dedicated communities where it's like you you have to like apply to join this community and it's like right you're a cop and you have to be on x amount of hours per week and play your role mm. as a cop wow. and then you've got people that are like fucking postmen and stuff like that and it's, it's basically like second life but mm. in gta mm. and they take it fucking pretty seriously i think it really took off during the pandemic see when people were stuck inside mm. so they sort of like well my life's gta now mm. um <laughs> but it's interesting that they're buying them they're obviously quite quite set on it do you know what i mean like yeah. i think they're gonna they're gonna try and incorporate it a bit more not necessarily that it'd be like part of like the playstation or xbox version but i think they're gonna want to lean into this more that's quite cool i just i don't have time for that yeah i mean yeah. um we touched on this a little bit earlier as well but stalker 2 may get a 2023 release date after all nothing has been made official yet but on the play on website they have now listed the game as coming on december 1st since then amazon germany has listed the same date title was initially expected to launch early in this current generation but it was delayed indefinitely due to the conflict in ukraine if there was any truth this game come makes sense mm-hmm and again, it's in the developer's neck of the woods. So, and they've said there's going to be updates in Stalker too. So, December first is a Friday as well. So, makes kind of sense. Yes, we shall confirm that news next week, no doubt. Maybe. <laughs> uh, or we'll cut this out and pretend well, it never happened. Yep, yeah, sure. Uh, news has begun circulating that Tekken Eight may be closer to release than we initially thought as well. The game has been rated in South Korea, leading to some news outlets that clearly have no inside information to begin speculating about an announcement at Gamescom. I don't think this is coming out this year. Like, you've already had Street Fighters just come out, Mortal Kombat's coming out in like four weeks. Tekken would be better just wait until 2024 and been like, we're the big fighting game this year. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you come out after the two of them? Yeah, there's a lot of competition. Why? <laughs> Aye. There's like some mad Tekken tournament going on just now as well. And like the final of that is in January, I think. And so if you release the next Tekken game, if you release Tekken 8 and they've got a Tekken 7 tournament that's still going on, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, your hardest right. core players would be like, well, I can't start playing a new game because then I'll be fucking rusty in the old game. <laughs> yeah, good shout out. So. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I don't know, I feel like recently quite a few of these things have come up where it's like a game's been rated and then it's still been a while till it comes out. Like, I think I, Silent Hill 2 was rated ages ago. That fucking Lego football game was rated and it's not even been announced. Mm. Maybe that'll be at Gamescom. <laughs> In fact, it probably will. There's another mm. exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, the PlayStation Plus Extra slash Premium offering for August was revealed last week and it contains the following. Sea of Stars coming to PS5 and PS4 available from the 29th of August. Dreams coming to PS4. Moving Out 2, PS4 and PS5. Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, PS4 and PS5. Lost Judgment, the same. Destroy All Humans 2, Reprobed. Two Point Hospital Jumbo Edition coming to PS4. Source of Madness, Curse to Golf, PG Masks, Heroes of the Night. Hotel Transylvania, Scary Tale Adventures, Lawn Mowing Simulator Landmark Edition. That'll be available from the 28th of August. Uh, Spellforce 3, Reforced and Midnight Fight Express. Premium members will get access to three PSP games, which are Medieval Resurrection, Ape Escape on the Loose and Pursuit Force Extreme Justice. It's not a pretty decent one. They've actually got two day one games as well, Sea of Stars and Moving Out. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. Punk is reviewing Sea of Stars for us. It's meant to be excellent. Not our type of game, but it looks really good. Ah, good month. Yes. Publisher Perp Games has announced that their next VR title, Tennis on Court, will launch on October 20th this year. Developed by Decathlon Games, the game is a first-person tennis sim with various ways to enjoy the sport. You'll be able to customise the experience to make it either realistic or arcadey, and you can also choose from three options for movement depending on your preference. In terms of modes, you can play singles against the AI, partake in five training modes to improve your skills and play singles or doubles online. There are six stadiums with different court surfaces like grass, clay and so on. As well as that, you can fully customise your avatar and choose from several distinct rackets, each with their own characteristics. Sounds all right. This might be pretty good. Mm. I don't know that I'll be releasing a game on October 20th right now. <laughs> I know it's a VR game, so it's not really in competition, but I still wouldn't pick the day that Mario and Spider-Man comes out. Mm. Of all the dates to pick, I just people are either going to be on the PS5 or on the Switch, not on their VR headsets. But it looks like, it looks like a decent game. Yeah, the only thing about, like, obviously with tennis, like, I don't know, you move left to right, so I wonder how much give you'll get to do that or are you just going to be stationary do you know what i mean yeah. i think you probably have to sit down or risk a fair few accidents mm-hmm. i suppose i'm just uh, you're gonna punch a kid you're gonna thinking about either trip over the table you know? <laughs> Wii sports or what we're on now nintendo sport switch sports switch. but at least with them you can see what's going on like with a headset on you're just going to punch the tv or punch a child yeah. or you're gonna hurt yourself but it could be quite a good little workout. Mm, I think it'll be quite a good game. The previews have been good. And you could also change the surface, you know, to mimic what's there. Laminate. <laughs> all, those, all those tennis games that happen in laminate. No, we'll just get the sand pit and we'll just... We could go out the back on the artificial grass. <laughs> Pretend you're at Wimbledon. Yeah, they use real, real grass. Yeah. I know, but it's the closest we're going to get. <laughs> I mean, they might use real grass, but I'm not fucking lowering myself. Right? Mm-hmm. Artificial grass all the way. Mm, you've killed the environment. Um, an image followed by a video leak online last week apparently showing the shell of the new PlayStation 5 redesign. Um, unsurprisingly, it looks similar to the previous design with a few aesthetic updates. 
In an uncharacteristic move from the usually understanding platform, Twitter broke out in laughter that the new design didn't look very slim, despite it never being billed as a smaller console. Yeah, this was like the whole thing. Everyone's like, ah, that doesn't look like a slim console. Like, well, nobody said it was going to be a slim console. You so. just assumed that it would be like a slim version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just because it's a new design, they were like, well, that's the slim model. Doesn't it look very slim? But the whole thing was that it's supposed to look like a detachable disk drive. Mm. Yeah. A what? The're, the new model they're bringing out is going to be like basically a bit similar to the one I've got, a digital only, mm-hmm. but it's going to have room for, a, you can buy the disk drive separately if you Ooh. want it or if you don't. So essentially the PS5 would cost less, but then you can buy the disk drive for it if you want it. Right. So it's taking the two SKUs they've got and making one going forward, which mm-hmm. is probably cheaper for them. But I, I don't know if it's real or not, but if you want to have a look at it, it looks pretty much the same and you can search for it anywhere online. Because it's audio that we do. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Lollipop Chainsaws remake has been bumped into 2024 as a re- as relayed by developer Drag Dragami 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 Games. Uh, quote here: Although development of Repop was carried out with the intention of a 2023 release, our commitment to providing the best possible quality experience to our players led us to make the hard decision to extend the development period in order to ensure this. Repop is a pretty cool name for a remake. Like Lollipop Chainsaw Repop. I like that. I see what they did, yeah. Yeah. I never played the original game, but it's quite a kind of cult follow and it's meant to be quite decent. But I never, I don't think I ever played it. I'd be interested in trying the remake. And last main bit of news in collaboration with the established experts at Digital Foundry, Illusion, the master of unlocking, has again succeeded in unleashing the frame rate of a PS4 exclusive trapped on the platform, this time with the Order 1886. You may remember this as the same guys that recently unlocked the frame rate for Bloodborne. Interesting they're teaming up with Digital Foundry now. I guess they're just going to be like unlocking frame rates for loads of games until mm. somebody eventually hires them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a long job application yeah. or something. <laughs> like they can go, here's my work. I'm going to show my work. Yeah. It's quite cool though. I, I mean, the Order 1886, I've always been a big fan of that Same. game. I really liked it. Um, Definitely. I've, I, can, I've, I can still go back and platinum it my new account as well. That'd be fun. Amidst all the other things you're playing, sure. Aye. But then I don't want to do that now, and then a six, and then Illusion managed to get their 60 FPS patch somehow greenlit. Because that'd be cool. <laughs> then you can play it again. But where would the trophies be, Andy? Oh, where know, would... Sorry. Am I going to make a third account? Probably. What's the, <laughs> what's the frame rate of Solitaire? Oh, it's a solid 120. <laughs> no dips. <laughs> Okay, last few quick dunts of news. Twisted (laughs) Twisted Metal has become Peacock's most binge new comedy series to date. On average, viewers watch roughly three episodes at a time and the show has been viewed for a combined 400 million minutes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, I suppose, you know, yes, you can say, oh yeah, it's the most binge, but they are shorter episodes than a lot of Aye, other all... shows so that's like what? Pro- well they're only 30 minutes like right, versus right. like hour long shows so yeah. you're probably 
if you're sitting down for the night, you probably can get two or three in. I mean, we probably watched a couple most nights, uh, didn't we? We watched two most nights. Um, Plus, also they're saying like in the his in their history, but Peacock has been about for about four weeks. <laughs> I mean, not, longer than not that, really, but... but like it's like eighteen months or something like that. Like, yeah, uh, their streaming service has not been about long. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, good. Yeah, it's a really good show. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked it, so I'm happy to see it doing well. Mm-hmm. Papers, please. The indie smash hit has just celebrated its 10th anniversary. They marked the occasion by announcing that it has now sold more than 5 million copies. I've always wanted to play this. Mm. It's... I think you'd quite like it as well. Like, it's... It's it's one of these things where you just get into a rhythm of doing like stuff. Like it's, it's all, all it is is people coming up to your desk and you've got to decide whether their papers are in order and whether you let them through... Uh, immigration or whether you send them away and it's like do you remember that game i can't even remember the name of it the bouncer one that i used to go on about that i really liked where you had to id folk <laughs> that was a take on this right, like they okay. used the same idea i can't remember what that game was called now but it was great um and so yeah i've always wanted to play this like eventually it came to vita and i was like dead excited but then didn't have a platinum and so i haven't played it <laughs> of course but it's on like iOS and stuff like that and Android, so like I might actually give it a shot. It looks quite cool. I could make it five million and one. You could. Uh, okay, that's all for the news. Okay, as you may know by now, each week we like to deep dive into a movie. And, and this week's pick really was a deep dive with Deep Blue Sea, released in 1999 and one of Craig's favourites. Tell me, Mr. Franklin, have you ever known anyone with Alzheimer's? No. What if you could end all that suffering with a single pill? Give me till Monday morning, 48 hours. I'll give you results that'll skyrocket your stock price. In the most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of human brain cell. But before they can save millions of lives... Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. On our first... um... I believe it was our first like overnight stay as a newly formed couple. First trip, oh my yeah. god! Did first, we get you to watch it? Worse than that, Andy. <laughs> we didn't. We were staying at one of his family members' houses, right? Uh-huh. And they obviously didn't own the DVD. Nor well, and, I, I mean, couldn't believe that they didn't. I mean, they were they were away like gallivanting across the country as they always do, and mm-hmm. so we've got keys for their house. So we're like. We'll go and stay there. And I just assumed they would have a copy of Deep Blue Sea in the house because why would you not? No. Um, and <laughs> well, obviously... I was again, I always keep a copy on me now. Streaming services were not really a thing quite mm. then. Back no, out, eh? probably been uh, posting it back to I you. think we were still at, like, Love Film mm. What year was stage? it, Jess? 2010. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, Your math checks out. And so... Away for a nice romantic night in Edinburgh... And we spent two, three hours, maybe. That's a bit of an exaggeration. It was probably two. <laughs> two <laughs> hours. A DVD. Driving around Edinburgh, looking for video shops 
to buy a copy of Deep Blue Sea. I went through every bargain bin in a blockbuster. There's like five blockbusters and I went in every one. And were we successful? No. No. And we got we got back and do you know what we watched and said? Towie when it first That's came out. That's right. <laughs> I think we just stuck on like a yeah. channel where we were like trying to think of what to watch or try, and then that was on in the background and we sort of just got hooked on it. We were like, yeah. what is this? What, come on, what, what was, why were you wanting to watch that? Because it's fucking amazing. I think I'd maybe divulged that I hadn't seen it Aye, so before. Well, 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 that was him. And that, well, well, you must see it right well, now. You what, must. What happened was we went out for dinner and we weren't planning on going out for the night. So we were going back to the house and we'd established that they didn't have many DVDs and we're like, oh, we should watch something. So I think we'd looked up to see what was on the telly and there was nothing on. And I don't know why we got talking about it, but I was like, oh, if I could only watch Deep Blue Scene, you were like, I've never seen it before. And so I was like, right. It's now a mission. She has to see this film. How have you not seen Deep Blue Sea? Mm-hmm. And I, we searched about and couldn't find it. And then, yeah, that's right. We went back and because there was nothing on, we just stuck one of the channels on and all of a sudden, Towie came on. And how long after the trip did you then watch Deep Blue Sea? Oh, probably the next day. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It would not have been long. I would not have let that travesty go on for long. No. You've got it right or wrong, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, hit us with the synopsis, Jess. Anyway, the premise of the movie, should you not have seen it. And or, how many awards as well. Or should you just want a recap. Um, a scientist has devised a way to use the brain tissue of sharks to cultivate a substance that might be useful in fighting Alzheimer's disease. Checks out. A big corporation underwrites the research and maintains a deep sea station with shark corals and underwater living and research areas. Why would you not? One of the sharks escapes and tries to eat a boat. Standard. Yep. The head of the corporation, the big Samuel Jackson, pays a visit to the station and meets the other key characters, including Shark Wrangler, a Bible quoting cook, and the other crew members. What a film. <laughs> what are you sighing at? It's a fucking belter, right? Well, I enjoy the film. Makes a mockery of Jaws. The premise and everything about it in every way is stupid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Don't get me wrong, I'll sit there and I'll enjoy this film. Yes. But every single choice is questionable. Every single one of them. I think it's phenomenal. Okay. The best shark film to date. Well, one, how do these, like, see that scene where. The shark gets the guy in his mouth and he's in the stretcher. Yes. And he's somehow able to breathe underwater. I don't know how. He's got breathing apparatus on. Why? Because Why he was does being... he have that on? I don't think that was established that he was... He was getting gas and air because he'd he lost his arm. He was getting gas and air, but he didn't have fucking underwater airtight. He had fucking... He was getting air. Aye, all but of a sudden that that transposes to being able to breathe underwater. Well, now. they had gas. So one. They had gas in air. <laughs> they had gas and air canisters no. on the stretcher that they had given him to try and, and stop him from passing out on air on land. They didn't assume that he was going to maybe fall in the water. And go, oh, we better put the fucking airtight waterproof breathing underwater cancer on him. No, they were going to give him air to then go on the helicopter. It's that's not a, as if it's not as if they went. 
We're going to have to get him on the helicopter, but see, before we get there, he's got to go underwater for a wee bit, so we better put the fucking airtight, breathe underwater air on him. No, none of that. So all, you're just assuming that you also, normal air. Also, he was only underwater for about a minute and a half. No, he would still be alive. Push. He came for about a mile away, and Samuel Jackson's like, what the hell is that? And he, and he spent about a minute with a shark Aye, a minute. swimming towards the screen, and then... He's still alive because you can see him blinking and breathing. He's still yeah. alive on the window when it's all cracked, which is a lot of... There's number two, because this window is underwater, able to withstand the pressure of being underwater, but all of a sudden a guy fucking rocks up in a stretcher and hits it. And that's, well, it was that's the force cracking that it, it. It was the force the shark threw it. Oh, no. There's number three, because that shark wouldn't be able to launch him. As soon as that, let, as soon as, as soon as that shark let go of him, he would have sunk. Why is he all of a sudden? You see him getting propelled by the. Did the shark go <gasps> like that or something? No. He would go forward a bit. He absolutely would not crack a window. But the no. underwater bit, you're definitely way off. He's been underwater for like a minute. You see that that the, the area that the, the sharks are in is not big. It's deep, but it's but not he's big. Breathing. He's still breathing because you can see. Ah, you can hold your breath for like four minutes. He's not on his breath for four minutes, though, because he's been... Uh, you can never hold your breath underwater if you're in the right circumstances and you were like, maybe prepared for it. He'd just been dumped into the water all of a sudden. It's not as if he'd be able to get a deep breath and lower his heart rate so that he could do four fucking minutes. <laughs> but it's not been four minutes, it's been like a minute. <laughs> That's the weirdest take I've ever heard. Oh, Chris, trying to justify this in his head. Like, this makes sense. No, I mean, the, the glass smashing doesn't make sense, but it him still being alive when he hits it absolutely makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. It doesn't. He's got an oxygen mask on that's got a pipe going to a canister that's attached to the stretcher. Oh, so bad. He could probably breathe there for about 20 minutes. So bad. And what about the fact that the shark lets him go and he all of a sudden gets propelled? Oh, that wouldn't happen. Right, he wouldn't just sink straight away. He'd probably go forward a bit because of the force, but certainly not to crack a window. No. And then they all stand there as if to go, this guy's hit the fucking glass. As soon as he hits, it cracks. Aye. See, as soon as that happened, I would not need to wait in the water rushing in to get the fuck out of there. But they were upset about seeing their pal in distress. I mean, the, the girl, was that was her husband. She well, she can stand and fucking create about it. I'm off. Yeah, no, I'm to be off. fair, you, you, as soon Enjoy. as that happened, I'd be fucking I'd shit. I'd be fucking off. That's going to blow. Exactly. Like, yeah. But they're standing there going, what's going on? Is that cracked? Of course it's cracked. you just seen it crack. And then fucking big chunks that have fallen off and they're still not running away. You're aware it's a film? Um, but it's just annoying. <laughs> I'm trying to build just, suspense. Some stuff just annoys me because it's so stupid. Like some of the decisions are so stupid. Let's like, see that bit as well, where the the they have to like it's like a almost like a silo thing, and the water's rising up, mm-hmm. and they're climbing the ladder. Yes, that bit, and he does the hero jump down into the water to save the woman. Before he does that, he's talking about how they need to get out of there because the water's rising so quickly that it's going to get them. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, when they need to get her, and they're on that ladder... Loads of time. The fucking loads of time, the water's <laughs> no rising at all anymore for some reason. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Like, shit like that just annoys me. Because the whole reason you jumped was this reason, 
and then when you're there, the reason's gone. And it just like, takes mm. the stakes of the situation out. But that's after they've opened that door to flood the other other level. So the oh. reason the water's not rising is because it takes ages to flood that other level. Because he went down and opened the door, so it has to flood that whole level before it would continue to rise. He's going to answer for everything, doesn't he? <laughs> it's true, <laughs> but... <laughs> he remembers every bit. <laughs> Uh, right, let's talk about Come at me, bitches. the cast of this movie. Um, Other than Samuel Jackson, I don't, I don't have a fucking clue. I, I don't think I'd seen any of them in anything before. Or LL Kooji. Well, LL Kooji, obviously, like yeah. I'm a rap fan. But other than, but I mean, even him, like I don't think I'd seen him in any films before this. Was this not one of his first? Who, Thomas yeah. Jean Carter? No, no, LL Kooji. Oh, um, but the rest of them, I mean, I'm sure they've been in lots of stuff, but I, I didn't, I don't think I've seen anything that they've been in. Yeah. So I, I, I found um, a little little bit of info here on Saffron Burroughs. Um, so that's Dr. Susan McAllister. Although I think she's only referred to it like Susan at the end, or maybe they do say her name. They don't say it a lot. No. Because we were watching it the other night, yeah. Castles was like, Susan? Yeah. Like <laughs> about five name. minutes before the end. Um, but yeah, so this is interesting. So in the original ending to Deep Blue Sea, um, she actually lives, mm. um, but test audiences who saw the film like less than a month before it was op- open in theatres didn't like didn't oh, like man. it. Um, and I think basically what happened was the audience felt so deeply that the kind of science character her she, she, she was behind the whole experiment. Like it was her all fault. her fault. Yeah, yeah um, which was my take. I'm like, mm. she's an oh, idiot for trying bitch. to, you know. Um, and so yeah. in the test audience's mind. And as many of us, I think, would agree, like, you know, she's kind of the bad guy. Um, so yeah, they were the bad guy, and she is kind of the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, aye, I wouldn't definitely. class the sharks as a bad guy. No. The sharks are just reacting yeah. to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think they were like, shit, how do we fix this? And then, obviously, they came up with the idea that when she falls in the water, she doesn't sur- she doesn't survive. Yeah. And then Elio Kilji becomes the hero because, you know, he's mm-hmm. one of the really likeable yeah. Comedic characters, yeah, comedy, I suppose. Comedy really funny. Mm. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, stuff like this does happen quite a lot, but it's interesting how soon it happened. Like, it was less than a month. So it was like apparently like three weeks before the film was due to come out, and they showed it to a test audience, a multiple, and they were all of a mind that they were like, I don't like her at all. Because I think it was like a form they filled it after, like, what do you think of the characters? And unanimously, they were like, we don't fucking like her. Mm. And so with like three weeks to go, they went back and did a day's worth of shooting mm-hmm. to, and then used CGI to have... Because, like, we're, we're talking about this on Sunday night and, like, although you would think most of it's CGI, for the most part, they use real sharks. Like There was a lot of animatronics, but... Um, uh, there was animatronics as well, but, like, they did use... Whenever they could, whenever possible, they used real sharks. Not, obviously, during any of the sort of, like, action scenes, but... Um, so with three weeks to go, they went back, had to film Hurgan under the water, and then it was a CGI shot that ate her. And then they had to refilm the ending with the two of them, with LL Cool J and yeah, Thomas, Jane. Thomas Jane sitting on that thing. And it's interesting because I never knew about this reshoot until a couple of years ago. And like I remember watching it and being like, it is a bit of a strange ending. Like it does, the two of them just sort of lie on a pallet and go make a sort of joke and go, oh, I'm glad that's over. Mm-hmm. And then you see a helicopter coming and it ends. And you're like, I don't know what else they would have done, but 
it does make more sense when you go, all right, they reshot that with three weeks to go. Yeah. And I wonder <laughs> if the original, had, you know, if there was a bit of more romance between the two of them and there was a wee, a wee smoochy smoochy at the end to be she's like... She's not I, a likeable character. She's, no, she's not. not. I, I reckon in that scene it'd be interesting if it's available anywhere. Mm. Yeah. But I would imagine that the Thomas Jane character and her have a kiss yeah. at the end. Yeah. And folk yeah. are probably like, why is he kissing her? Because it would have been a totally different film if that happens. Because she is the baddie. Yeah, she is. But them two on that palette then is very reminiscent of, obviously, the why this film's been made. Jaws. At the mm. end, he's on that palette paddling back to yeah. shore, you know what I mean? It's kind of like almost a wee homage to that. There's another wee homage at the beginning, oh, I think. Imagine a few. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It'd be difficult to make it without it. There's a there? number plate or something that's shown that was like the same one in Jaws or something oh. like that um, in the mm. shark's mouth. But um, Yeah. Favourite scenes? Um, oh, come on. Uh, well, I know, but... Um, All of it. <laughs> I've written down the helicopter crash scene at the beginning. Um striptease and the electrocuting shark so can I just say something before I forget because mm-hmm. you just mentioned that mm-hmm. the helicopter thing that's why the place starts to kind of fall to shit in it really because mm-hmm. the helicopter have you got a plot plot hole in this yes right <laughs> so that uh, let's see if we've got the same one so Thomas Jean says along at one point that these sharks are like planning this like they're doing all this on purpose yeah it's definitely the same one but, but... they couldn't have done that because that was out of their control exactly right okay so yeah. at least you're with me aye that's my biggest bugbear with the film is that he, they he can't do that aye he intimates that the sharks planned this yeah. and you're like right but okay so the shark bites off that lad's arm but if the weather's not bad then yeah. he gets airlifted away and Aye, it's a bad day, but that's it. But it's yeah. it's the it's the weather elements. Yeah, that, but that, that bring the whole thing down, not the sharks. Yeah, that does occur. But then, is he not saying? But now that that's happened, the sharks are deliberately trying to flood more of it so that they can break out. He, he oh. does say something about they're adapting on the fly, so maybe that saves it a little. But he, he does he does act like they've got like the sharks have been fucking watching the weather channel and <laughs> planning this out and making notes. Mm-hmm. But even though they're clever. They've not all of a sudden got access to fucking human like architecture and structural fucking plans and Aye. able to decipher if we fucking knock this bit down here, the building of you know what I mean? They're Aye. clever, yeah. but they're not clever in the way that they know fucking they all, all of a sudden just as if they've been imprinted Johnny Make Mnemonic with all the information in the world. Aye. They only know what they've seen and they're clever in the fact that they go, Oh, that's a gun. I'm not going to go near that again. Aye. They don't know. Nobody's fucking taught them engineering. Aye. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you could you could possibly believe that when all this goes down, that they are like, oh, what is in areas that we've never been able to access? Let's flood it because then we can go into it. Yeah. You could possibly believe that, but they don't sort of get that across. No. They mm. just act like the whole thing was pre-planned and fucking... Yeah. They've done a dry run. Yeah, so we have the three car- the three shark killing scenes. So the first one, I think in order, is Elo Kuji's shark killing. So he's in the in sort the of kitchen, kitchen and he yeah. gasses yeah. them up. And you read my book. <laughs> what a line. Aye. Um, just when you mentioned the bird, little question from, or feedback from Couch, you said, second best shark film ever. Um, fuck the parrot though. Well, my thing is, is the parrot real? 
this is I, I, this is not an original thought. This is uh, us deep blue sea aficionados on the internet have have spoken about this in the past oh uh, on forums and such. Oh like. my gosh, the <laughs> deep blue forums. <laughs> but see, <laughs> LL Cool J, he is the only person that acknowledges or speaks to the parrot in the whole film. No one else acknowledges that the parrot exists. And oh, really? so I've seen this like in multiple places. People have been like, is the parrot like supposed to be like a take on him being mental, like he's going nuts, or is it real? Hmm. I tend to think it's real because I don't think the film's that deep. No. <laughs> Pun intended. No. But um but yeah, it is interesting because when I was watching it uh, on Sunday there I had like no one else acknowledges the parrot and then obviously it does get eaten, so yeah. hmm. it was a low budget parrot also, just FYI. I heard that. I yeah. they didn't get. They didn't have the budget for a big parrot. No, they didn't have one that could do a all Hollywood fancy tricks. So he's like a little Mexican parrot. Three <laughs> <laughs> Mexican illegal parrot. <laughs> I saw that exact same thing. I can't believe they said that. They were like, I didn't have enough money for a Hollywood parrot, so they got a Mexican, <laughs> Mexican parrot. parrot. You're like, fuck's sake, you're racist bastards. Oh wow! I the Mexican parrot was willing to do it for half the price. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Um, I'm surprised they didn't bring it in while we sombrero. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, yeah, so we get a little bit of a, a, a not a striptease really, but um, the we mm. batine. Yeah, she takes takes her clothes off. So clothes, unnecessary. Um, to electrocute the shark. Mm. Yeah, the she nearly one. redeemed herself for that. To be fair, see through the whole film, she does play the role well of like a sort of dislikable doctor like scientist type person like i don't know i remember like when i was young watching this film being like when she like like stripped off i was like she's actually quite fit like i never thought that the whole film i was like i didn't think she was attractive in the slightest and then i was like she takes her clothes off not bad looking she see a nice half naked wet woman it's a bit of a face turn any comments on the sort of, you know, realistic realism of, of this one? What, her breasts or...? No. <laughs> I just mean, is it any... Or the shark kill? You know, pokes pokes in the story of this one. Mm. I mean... No. Well, what I said was, see that bit when she kills the shark with electricity, yeah. right? So she's standing on that thing, and she the whole reason... Obviously, the whole reason was they just wanted her to take her clothes off, mm-hmm. right? Um, not that she's particularly exposed. It's not like I mean she's still pretty well covered up, but she takes her uh, wetsuit off so that she can stand on that because it's rubber, mm-hmm. right? But is she not wearing rubber feet thing like not flippers? But no, nah, does it not go down onto her feet? Is it not a full bodysuit that covers her feet as well? But, well, she's wearing she's when she or stands it? on it, she's got the little rubber sock things on. Oh, so I'm like, she? would that not be enough anyway? Mm. I feel like no, I don't. Maybe she wanted the extra. Aye, yeah. but, and also when she throws the uh, the cable into the shark, there's sparks flying everywhere, and I'm like, so when the shark goes back into the water, surely anything touching the water's swishing about all over the place. You would think it would have caught her. Can't say I know enough behind the science yeah, behind that, but um, yeah. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> they probably not really looked into the analytics and fucking minutiae yeah. of how it works. I thought the third shark kill was the weakest one. Um, I mean it's it's a big moment in terms of they blew a fucking shark up and yeah. it goes everywhere and then they've got a wee funny comment about sushi or something like that. Uh-huh. 
but I don't know the whole bit. It does see when you go back to it, it does to me feel like the ending was kind of like rushed and reshot, which obviously mm. it was. But mm. like I don't know, like the sharks almost got its freedom. It's what it's been waiting for the whole time. Its two mates are dead, but a bad day. But just chalk it off because you're away, and it's almost through this fucking hole. And then Saffron Burrows jumps in the water with a fucking paper cut, and the shark from about two hundred yards away is like. Hud the bus. Oh. I'm going back. Yeah. Yeah. The Hypo Gamer has written in and said um, it's the perfect movie, but the sequel should have involved one of these sharks bred to cure Alzheimer's attack in an old folks' home. <laughs> um, or uh, or a care home trip to see world type thing. It's much better than a lot of shark type movies, but uh, than a lot of shark type movies are now and has no right to be. So yeah, because all three Me are dead, they, you know the. Me and the hypo gamer are, are like kindred spirits. <laughs> the perfect movie is that we said. Yeah. What a guy! Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What a guy! Um, so yeah, the, there's the three shark killing scenes, but I think we're probably unanimous, and the favourite yeah. scene yeah. is Samuel Jackson's rousing, rousing speech and subsequent demise. Now you've seen how bad things can get, and how quick they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together and we're going to find a way to get out of here. First, we're going to seal off this It's a tremendous fucking scene. Yeah. Well, they make it seem as if he's going to be the guy that's going to rouse them all and, and lead them forward out yeah. of danger because they, they do that scene at the start where he helps, where he's supposed to be a hero. Mm-hmm. So it makes you kind of think he's going to be the hero of the film. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's the biggest star. Mm-hmm. Aye, like, and there's no lead up to it. There's no... Nah. I remember the first time I seen it, like I shot myself. Aye. Big time. There was no lead up to it. There's no even a, you know, like sometimes a film will hint, yeah, differently, slightly different camera angle, and it's like something's happening here, and but there was none of that. It's easily the best moment in the film. Yeah, if there'd been, see if anyone else had been given that speech, anyone, Saffron Burrows, Thomas Jane, any of them, I'd have been like, are they going to get eaten here? But with Samuel Jackson, I did not think yeah, for a fucking second. Aye. Yeah. Like apparently he was right on board with it. He's like, that's fucking great. Yeah, that's again, really interesting though, I don't think that was the initial role he was sort of picked for. I think he was meant to be the Elio Cool J role, but then it Aye, was... Um, but yeah, was they it? sort of rewrote, Aye, he was, rewrote he was, it. Initially, there was supposed to be two people in the kitchen. So he was going to play Preacher and sat in uh, Elio Cool J would have been his assistant. Oh, right. But apparently his agent, according to Samuel Jackson, his agent was like, that's not a big enough role. Hmm. Although I would have said LL Cool J's role overall is bigger than Samuel Jackson's role in it, so I don't know. But obviously so he does have that cool as fuck moment. Why did they sign up to do it then in the first place? He was happy enough with it. I think his agent was like, no, nah, it's not a big enough role as the kitchen, oh. the cook. Mm-hmm. But then I would say LL Cool J overall has got a bigger role than Samuel Jackson's I, role I in it. I would say almost LL Cool J's role was... Because you would almost say that fucking like Michael Rappaport was almost comic relief as well. Mm-hmm. The guy who's mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then the film always cuts away to LL Cool J on his own. Yeah. For comic relief. And it's almost as if they'd done the comic relief with Michael Rappaport and went, he's shite. And then went, we need something else, you know what I mean? Mm. And kind of like done the fucking bits with LL Cool J like separately. I wonder if it was filmed in stages. You know, that way, because it does like seem, because he's totally on his own and doesn't really interact until near the end. It kind of comes to him. 
But uh, the Ellie Cool G is definitely, I would say, the best character in the film. Oh, I, I like yeah, that, I, I agree. He's likable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just with some of the the shooting of of the movie, um, kind of behind the scenes stuff here, it says most of the Deep Blue Sea was shot at. Baja Studios in Mexico, where the team constructed sets above the massive tanks that James Cameron built to make Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the, the cast worked with animatronic sharks and used their imaginations to sub in for CG sharks uh, that would be filmed later. Um, but after the shoot at Baja Rap, director insisted that the cast head to the Bahamas to shoot with real sharks. Um, and Thomas Jane like for one scene had to swim alongside a real life shark and he was only allowed to do this like once he completed all of the other scenes and I'm like were they expecting danger you know what I mean like imagine he died or something during that and then they were like that's fucking horrendous imagine being him and they're like right um, just for a bit of realism here we need you to slim, swim with an actual great white shark yeah. here, um, but just to be safe for the movie, just for the movie, um, we're going to do that scene last, yeah. just in case you die. Uh, and then he goes, so, "So is there a danger?" And they're like, "No, no there's no danger at all. <laughs> we just want to do it last, just just in case." And like, what do you mean, just in case? So is there a danger? This is something's going to happen. No, 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 no. Thomas, it'll be fine, and, and you're insured, and your family will be fine. <laughs> That's fucking horrendous. I've never done that. Um, And the scene where um, the helicopter, just before the helicopter scene, um, so when they all run back into the lift, um, there was a sort of like unseen accident there. So they've obviously run back to the the elevator and the, the waves are supposed to like rush in in front of them and behind them. But I think like three tons of water got thrown on them by accident. So... Um, they uh, kind of they, got swept up in the kind of cargo bays that they were in, and they like obviously it was deeper than what they were anticipating, yeah. and it wasn't really planned. So, but they kind of all scrambled up and kept on acting, um, and it obviously made the cut because it was uh, as yeah. real as it gets, pretty much. And that interview with Samuel Jackson, he was like, when I watched the final film, I was like, oh, they kept that in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they were in the wrong position or what, but I the whole wave come over and sm- absolutely smack. I mean, you think that must have been sore, like yeah. getting hit with water is not fun. But and they well, and, you can die from water hitting at a certain <laughs> fucking height. So, zone. but I but them all going flying, that was all legit. Yeah, and they weren't happy about it, apparently. But they knew they were making history so <laughs> so nobody was going to walk off set yeah of course Samuel Jackson's oh, finest role he said that with like just a straight face I know, there, wouldn't he? I know. Um, Ed also wrote and said watch this on a whim after seeing your post on threads this is a much better movie than I gave it credit for on first viewing all the effects work spawn there you go Andy damn right the effects are decent yeah, uh, that's one thing you would say. Like, see, I mean, the film is nineteen ninety nine. You're talking what twenty four years later. It all looks still, still looks, looks good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. bit where they like pierce the shark. Oh, it gives oh. me the book. Yeah, and they put the needle in, and it just kind of pops a bit like a. Balloon. I think it's the sound effect that they add in that makes it. You go, ugh, yuck. I mean, obviously, we have we have said we'll watch Deep Blue Sea two and three, and I've got a feeling that the first one's going to have the effects that hold up the most, mm-hmm. considering despite the fact that the yes. second film was like twenty fifteen and the third film was about two years ago. I'm just gonna pull that up. Not big enough for a fucking A list parrot anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I think it was quite popular when it came out, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember reading an interview with, I can't remember what the name of the director was, but he'd said, like, his aim with this, like, obviously with Jaws, like, it was the the scary, not that Jaws is scary, but the sort of, the tension is that what you don't see. And so with Deep Blue Sea, he was like, no, we're going to put the sharks front and centre and you are going to see them. And it's going to be more of a kind of action cool. film. And I think they did. They, they, they accomplished a goal. Mm. I've got it. Are you going to... Uh, I'm getting the budget was between 60 and 80 and the box office was 165. Mm-hmm. It's not it's bad. Decent. It's not bad for like a film that's technically not got any... Like, I mean, I know Samuel Jackson's in it, but... Aye. Yeah, I think they did pretty well. And obviously... I'd, like it's it is a film that does have like a cult following. Like it's it ha- I'm sure it's done pretty well in like DVD sales right, and stuff like that since. I've certainly bought it five or six times. Yeah, not to be found in any bargain bins. So somebody must have bought all the copies. Exactly. You couldn't get it anywhere in Edinburgh <laughs> in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> not a fucking copy to be had. Uh, okay, shall we? Uh, pie. Five pies. <laughs> I'll pick up the slack for any that you drop. Yeah, I'm going to say four. It's an enjoyable shark movie. <laughs> he's not going to make it out here alive. He's, he's, he's considering a three. I'm considering a three. What's going to sway me to make it a four? It's a fucking shark film! <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jackson... <laughs> Saffron Burrows not underwear. Right, so I'll get a four. Yes. <laughs> well done, Saffron. <laughs> Great face turn. Yes. Okay, so next week we have picked Howard the Duck. Right, tell me about this, right? Cause we, we, I don't know anything about yes, it. Yes, right, so Andy suggested Howard the Duck before, is that what it is, Howard? Yeah. Right, before we started, and I'm like, aye, game for that. What the fuck is Howard the Duck? Is it an animated film? No, I'm like, like an animatronic. It's uh, like a... Like, actually there. Like a E.T. sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Is it an old film, a new film? 85, 86 or something. Okay, okay, Howard the Duck. So he's a duck in a real-life world. And he's in the Marvel Universe. You did not tell me this was a Marvel film. It's not a Marvel film. What? <laughs> <laughs> is he in Phase 6? <laughs> he showed up in a Marvel film Fucking so he's technically hell. in the Marvel universe what so, film did he turn up in? I don't know one that was like Guardians of the Galaxy I think when he was really? in the background somewhere maybe, oh right just randomly maybe aye right um, see so he, he didn't save the day then no um, aye I don't I'm, I mean I watched this when I was really really young so I think it's a, an abomination though good I love an abomination Abominations are my favourite. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you want, you can watch it as well within the next week and report back your thoughts and likes and dislikes. Is this easily delivered, or are we going to have to find an open blockbuster with a bargain bin? <laughs> Good question. Don't know. That'll be grand. We'll find it. There is a, a fifty-six minute video on YouTube called "The Disastrous History of Howard the Duck." That might be worth a watch too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe slot that in as well. <laughs> okay. 
that is us for this week then uh, if you want to be involved in next week's episode then you can head to the link in the description where you can complete our form with your thoughts questions etc puredeadgaming.com is where you will find everything else or on our discord come chat uh, thanks for listening as always thanks to Craig and Andy as well and until next time it's been an absolute pleasure good night Indeed. Is there a reason why you've written antlers at the end of the podcast note? No. Right. Okay. Conclude. Now you don't need to do that properly. Exactly. Don't need to insert it. Thanks, babe.